Tycoons of Small Biz, a podcast where small business owners are celebrated as the backbone of the American economy. Each week, we introduce you to tycoons who share their stories and advice so that small business owners may learn from their experiences. Tycoons is powered by Backbone Planning Partners. Join us now as our hosts connect you to today's tycoons. Good afternoon, tycoons, and welcome to today's episode of Tycoons of Small Biz. I'm your host here, as always, Austin Peterson, coming to you live from Phoenix, Arizona. It is uh, only going to be 96 degrees today, so under triple digits this time of year, we will take it. We're very, very happy about it, but we've got a guest on today that I think you're going to enjoy hearing from. He's got a great story, great background. They've got a great company, and they're going to tell a great story about uh, about what it is that they do. So. I've got Mark Michael from DevHub uh, here from live from Seattle, and uh, he doesn't want to talk about what the weather's like in Seattle today, so we won't even talk about that. Mark, welcome to the show. Thank you, Austin. Thank you, fellow tycoons. <laughs> yeah, excited to to tell the story, but let's let's kind of start um, with the personal side for you. Tell us a little bit about your background, where you grew up. Are you married? Do you have kids? What's uh, what's a day in the life of Mark look like? That's super loaded. Um, <laughs> I'll, I'll give you like a rambling mess real quick. So, hey, everybody, Mark Michael broadcasting to you live from Seattle, Washington, as Austin said. Uh, okay, don't hate my life. Dad was best man at my wedding. Been working with my same business partner since I was 17. My wife is fiercely independent and good looking. Uh, we have no kids. We have a cat. And he's legit handsome. Uh, and, you know, if you can't tell, like, I genuinely enjoy life. But that wasn't an overnight journey. It took 40 years in the making. And we're st- I still feel like we're just getting started. Yeah, no, that's awesome. I- I'm just not sure how to take, before we got on the show, everybody, uh, Mark said that I was a good-looking guy. And then he just said that his cat was handsome. So I'm not sure where that actually leaves me. <laughs> I mean... If you're a cat person and you hear that the cat is handsome, you know, like it's a huge compliment, Austin, <laughs> a huge compliment. Yeah, I'm more of a dog person, but let's not let that put us off on the wrong foot because I, I don't dislike cats. I just, I like dogs myself personally. Yeah. Again, I'm like, I'm, I won't even say what I want to say. I dislike dogs. Um, <laughs> so yeah, keep it rolling. All good. I got you. Well, DevHub, right? A lot of people have heard of DevHub. You guys are a, you know, a decently sized company. You guys are growing quite a bit. You've got some great clients, but not everybody knows who DevHub is. So tell us, tell us who DevHub is and what you guys do. Yeah, uh, there's been like three uh, reincarnations or incarnations of DevHub. I documented everything. If you go to DevHub.com forward slash history. Uh, it's been about a 16 year long journey. Most people don't want to hear that. It's like, how can it be? You'd be a 16 year startup, but nonetheless, that is all documented there for the world to see. Um, today, what DevHub does, and it, there's been a vein of this since the beginning, but nonetheless, today, uh, we are a platform used by emerging mid market and enterprise brands. We typically have a lot of locations. So we say we connect brick and mortar brands with our online customers. We do that through strategically placed websites. So again, you're not using us to build one, you're using us to build 20, 100, 4,000. 
The reason why you're doing that, okay, if you're a brand, is because you want to control from a, a you know the corporate level, kind of brand compliance, maybe even messaging, maybe even simple things like hours, um, but also allow the local operator to have some flexibility to kind of share what's going on in that specific local market. And so, um, yeah, yeah, just over 260 plus brands today. Um, everyone from Saks to some juice bars or some, you know, like, uh, yeah, some of the names we can't say out loud. That's why I'm like being a little weird right now, but just over 260 plus brands. Gotcha. Yeah. And some of them are, are very well known. I mean, what, the way that you described that makes me think of a lot of franchise brands, right? We have a lot of franchise brands, a lot. Okay. Home services, uh, home services, obviously quick serve restaurants, um, Fitness, healthcare, senior care. Yeah, a bunch. Again, typically the common denominator is some version of scale, scale equaling locations or people, right? If it's insurances or financial advisors, you need some reason to have a lot of websites, not just one. So, yeah. Gotcha. So, yeah. So financial advisors, for example, a lot of them connect with, say, Merrill Lynch or Ameriprise or Lincoln Financial, LPL, these big companies that are out there, they, they've got these, they're all kind of independently owned and operated, but they flow up through this master group. Make sense? I, you want to sell that vertical for us? I mean, <laughs> <laughs> I mean, that is exactly right. You know, and Edward Jones, I mean, like, yeah, you named a lot of them. Some of them are already on our platform, but yes. Um, yeah, exactly. That's, yeah, you want to put together that sales playbook? Or you just, yeah. no. Well, I've got the inside track. It's an industry I've been in for over 20 years. So I, I do understand how that works. It's honestly, it's very, very, very interesting. I mean, they say what the most millionaires come out of the financial services industry, you know? And then on the flip side of that, like the way that they, I don't know how you say operate, but at least some of the marketing efforts of some of the bigger ones is either really, really good and you're lucky as an independent of it, or you're like kind of left out to like figure it out on your own. If you're not with like the, the one that's running the, the marketing play the right way, aka driving leads to you, but yeah, for sure. I can talk about it forever. Obviously. I don't know if the audience gives. Yeah. No, no. I, I think it's in, I think it's interesting because I don't, I don't know a lot of our audience understands that, there's a huge failure rate in financial services as well. And it's not, it's typically not because the advisor is not a good advisor and that they don't know how to advise their clients on financial services related topics. It's that they can't find enough clients. It is, it's a cure-all for any business almost. Customers, leads, prospects, whatever you want to call it. Like, and it doesn't have to be financial services. We see it all the time, just even online customers of a retail brand. It's the same, like the ones that died, just, you know, their customers went away or they just, you know, don't have the right marketing sales engine going on. And so, yeah. 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 So another thing that I honed in on from the beginning with the way that you described, you know, yourself and, and your background is that you've had the same business partner since you were 17 years old, which tells me you're a lifelong entrepreneur. So tell me how that came about. Is this somebody you grew up with, spent a lot of time with, and you guys decided to start something? 
You know, I, I always I say it's it's almost similar to marriage. And this is how I've been describing it the last like two, three weeks, literally the last two, three weeks. So yeah, I met Daniel Rust. He's our co-founder. I always say he lets me be CEO. Uh he uh we met in high school, we had a business idea, internet's coming out, you know, internet is in full swing in 1999, 2000. You know, I was like, hey, let's try this idea. Went to the computer club, he was there, started working together, liked each other. And then, you know, we stayed together, you know, ever since, but where it goes back to like the whole marriage thing and the way I've been describing, it, I look at it like two sets of stairs side by side, whether it's a marriage or a business partner, or whatever it is. And like, you know, it's okay that someone might get two steps ahead, three steps ahead. But if that growth, if you don't grow together, you know, or keep pace with each other, it falls off. And so I think, you know, for us, we've been very fortunate that we've grown a lot together you know, sometimes he's ahead, maybe sometimes I'm ahead, maybe I'm always two steps behind, but one, two steps isn't going to matter, you know, on that kind of long journey. And so it's been a great, a, a great partnership. And like I said, the company, many iterations, I mean, two, three iterations of the company, and we've just learned so much and we're still so young at 40-ish years old um, that, you know, like we're just as passionate about it today as we were 16 years ago. And so yeah. it didn't follow the traditional route of business, um, aka business from the startup lens, technology lens, right? You get some money, you build the thing, it's a billion dollars, you're flying private, you cash out to Microsoft or Adobe or somebody. Um, and and I think we're both extremely content in that because we've seen the buddies before who've sold, right? And then they do nothing. And while nothing seems fun, you know, if you're a true entrepreneur, you have that itch in you and it can last a year. You know, you can go, everyone will do the classic six month European trip. Everyone will do the, maybe even take the three years off, you know, and by the way, if you're gone for three, five years, the world changed and you try to come back and just try to buy your way back in because you have money and connections. You might get lucky a second time, but it might've been only that one time and hopefully that one time was big enough for you so you better make sure that exit was actually worth it and again i hate to say it but 10 million bucks is still nothing nowadays at least yeah. in the world, chasing business this and that like you know especially if you're trying to retire at 35 like you're not gonna i mean like listen unless you want to make hemp necklaces on the beach <laughs> trust me <laughs> and by the way i do too but sometimes they want to check into a four seasons you know yeah, <laughs> so, uh, yeah. No, you're absolutely right. Because if you're retiring in your 30s or 40s, you know, 10 million sounds like a lot of money. But if you were working and making a half million, a million, a million and a half a year up until you had that exit, 10 million doesn't stretch that far if you still intend to live the same way that you lived before. Have you filled up your gas tank in Phoenix lately? <laughs> yes, I have. I actually filled up my motorhomes gas tank in Where? Phoenix last weekend. I got goosebumps. I can't even imagine how much that's got to be 500 bucks minimum. Yep. I drove my motorhome to Park City and it cost me a little over 500 bucks. Yeah. That's one way. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. I left it up there. I leave it up there for the oh, summer. Okay. Yeah. But still, like again, like it's 120 for I fill up a sedan, four door sedan that we have, right? Or you know, like a salad was like 23 bucks. I was like, like the world is messed up. I mean, anyway, money yeah. is messed up. Not the, well, I guess the world too, but yeah. Nonetheless. 
No, it, it's crazy. We have a small family. I have two kids and my son just recently got married. And so, you know, now there's five of us. And when we go out to eat and I look at the check and I'm thinking, I didn't go somewhere really, really nice. Like, why is this costing me 150 bucks? So I always tell the story in the, in the vein, you know, depending on where you go in Arizona, right? It's either you're paying $8 for a shot of Casamigos or you're paying $21 for the same shot somewhere else. Yeah, And it's like, again, selfishly, I like to be able to play between both venues, let's just say it that way. But again, like it's just it's either eight or 21 for the same tequila. It's crazy. Yeah. Did you just drop George Clooney's tequila on my. Uh, I mean, it's just my- what it seems like what's becoming the Wells. Well, <laughs> choice of many of the bars in the Valley of the Sun. Yeah, I hear you. I hear you. Well, I'm not a drinker, period, let alone a tequila drinker. So I couldn't tell you, you know, when, whether it's good or bad. But well, you're sa- you're saving at least thirty percent off every check. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. there is that. hundred percent, it is that. You know. Yeah. So let's go back to the entrepreneurship side. So real quick, is Daniel married? Daniel is married, and he just had a a a, a kid. Okay. So you guys are both married, have, have had, you know, the, 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 met at, the girls met at this. We all met at the same college party that Daniel and I threw in college. Oh, wow. So you guys have all been together for a long time then. Me and Daniel have been in business together longer than that whole situation. But then those two, my wife and Daniel's wife now also work together. And so oh, wow. I always joke with them in front of everybody and in front of this whole audience that they have not been tested. Like Dino and I have been tested in terms of like everything's just been to me rosy for them, you know? And so I'm like, Hey, whatever happens to them, Daniel, that does not affect us. You know? Yeah. That's a, that's a great way to look at it. So the reason I asked that is, you know, I had somebody a long time ago, give me some really good advice uh, about marriage and I'm coming up on my 25th wedding anniversary in August. And so, yeah, thank you. And, you know, we always think is business partnerships and marriages as 50-50 partnerships, right? But the reality is, if you both think of them as 100 zero partnerships, you've got to give 100% of you all the time and, and your partner has to do the exact same, that the outcome will be better, Right. And I, I think that, that that there's a lot of truth to that. If you go in with with no expectations of them doing certain things a certain way, but you're grateful to be working with them for attributes that they bring to the table, just like you're grateful to be married to somebody because of attributes that they bring to the table and the person that they are, that there's a much greater likelihood of success in those types of relationships. I don't know if this fits within that narrative, but I always say marriage is a merger, not an acquisition. And, you know, like I look at it like it's like, and again, I look at it like, you know, the bond is like really like that little link in a chain, you know? But again, if, if that's the same equivalent as your 100% and 100%, you know, and then that's like the zero, then I, I mean, I can get behind that. Yeah. No, I, th- I think it makes good sense. But, you know, the the other thing to that I always talk about with business partnerships is the fact that we spend more time typically with our business partners than we do with our own families, right? Mm-hmm. Our own spouses, our own pets, you know, whatever it is. And so 
you better darn well make sure that it's somebody that you want to spend time with. If you meet Daniel, my we're wildly different personalities. I always joke that I'm the only one that sounds like this here, you know? Mm-hmm. Uh, and, you know, I think in business, one partner is a lot easier than three. And I always describe it like a pizza. It's like, they'll say Daniel and I want, we're saying we're all hungry. Three three people are hungry. One wants Hawaiian. The other two can settle on just pepperoni. But then the guy who gets Hawaiian still wants a piece of your pepperoni. It's like, no one's going to eat your Hawaiian, buddy. Like we ordered you a whole half. And just to even have that argument when we're all just hungry slows everything down. So that's why I like the idea of two people. Because at the end of the day, if you're aligned values and where you want to take a company and this and that, like you can argue and whether I'm right or he's right or I'm wrong and he's wrong, it doesn't matter because at least we're the intent was good. And so I always say like Daniel and I micro fight 20 times a day, hundred times a day, because I'm like, oh, I want to do this thing, you know, or we should try this thing. And it's like, you know, no, we shouldn't. And it's like, if I have that much conviction about it, I will do it. If I'm right, I will totally rub it in his face. And if I'm wrong, tail between the legs, like, yo, I, I apologize. And again, it's not like shame on you. I'm, I'm already admitting defeat. It's all good. But again, it was the intent was to move the thing forward. And again, we're not talking about crazy things like, you know, I'm going to risk all the money we have to do blank. It's like we haven't had to do that yet necessarily, but everything from hires to marketing, you know, I mean, all of it. And so, yeah. 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 And I, I just want to clarify that point because a lot of people think that you want to just be in, in business with your best friend that has all the same interests and you guys are very similar and, you know, all that sort of thing. And the reality is you're better off having a partner that doesn't have a lot of similarities with you. You get along, you enjoy each other, you respect each other, but you have differing views and differing skill sets. And that's typically where you find the magic. Everyone always like, oh, Mark, you like to party. Mark, you do all the sales. Mark, it's like, no, Daniel likes to party and Daniel likes closes all the deals, you know, uh, and no one would ever believe that just, I think, on the surface. And so, yeah. All right. So I have to unpack one other thing about the intro and then we'll talk a little bit more about some other things. But, you know, these are actually some of the topics you wanted to hit on anyway, money, relationships, entrepreneurship. So we're kind of covering some good things here. But you mentioned, I, I think the terminology that you used was that your wife is fiercely independent. So tell me what, you know, what that means. You were talking about, you know, you and Daniel, maybe, you know, maybe he's two steps ahead of you and then you're one step ahead and you're, you know, you're back and forth. But yeah, tell right. me about your wife and own, own, own careers, own ambitions, own um, personality, own like, like just every, it's a different person than me. Like, you know, but constantly growing and learning. Like I'm not, you know, again, and I, I one of probably three decisions you can make in your life that affect everything. And again, I always say when you start talking in cliches, then you know you're doing something kind of right, even though it sounds cheesy. But again, who you end up marrying, whether you choose to or not, doesn't matter, I guess. But in this, in the vein of the marriage topic, like who you choose will dictate everything else in your life. And so I always thank her because we were, I hate to say it, we were broke for 13 years. And who's covering the bills? You know, I'm, we're making ourselves, what, 1500 bucks a month? You try living off 1500 bucks a month for 13 years when your wife's out there crushing it, 
you know what that does to your personality is it you know <laughs> as, a, <laughs> as the other half you know and it's like i know we're doing something right i know we're doing something right and like you can say that long enough i will tell you once you get to the place you immediately forget about those other 13 years you know and now the fact i actually teased the hell out of her i'm like i don't need you no more i made it you know <laughs> <laughs> and again obviously all in good spirits but again testament to the personality testament to the independence you know and again like i love it i you know I, again everyone has their own life to live and i'm not going to say like oh my way is the right way i just feel like if you're listening to this podcast specifically or catching any of these clips anywhere like you have some tycoon entrepreneurship sort of mindset, curiosity, whatever. And, you know, again, the relationship that you will spend the most time with beyond your business partner is whoever you're married with, you know, and married to if you choose to get married. And it's a big one. And again, I, I said merger, not acquisition. So if you're like, oh, I got to get with this person. It's like, yeah, right. Like, you know, and so, yeah. Yeah, no, I'm with you 100%. I think that, uh, you know, it's it's such an important decision. And we've all seen the statistics. Entrepreneurs do not do well in terms of marital relationships, divorces, all kinds of, you know, stuff that happens there. And so making that choice, if, if you know, especially if you're somebody young listening to this, like you starting at 17 with, you know, with your partner, with Daniel, if if you know that that's the direction you want to go, making the choice to be with the right person is crucial because you need that support system, but they, they also need to understand what it means to be married to an entrepreneur and what that might mean for several years as you become an overnight success. Yeah. And again, you're growing alongside this person or you're not, you know, and how long are you willing to accept that you grew apart? Again, I'm not there. I'm just saying like in theory, you know, if you're trying to get stuff done, that's sometimes a sad reality. Yeah. Yeah. I, I think it's, I mean, it's something that I'm still working on after, you know, almost 25 years of marriage in making sure that I support my wife and in, in her dreams. You know, she, she made a conscious decision to be a stay at home mom for, a long time raising our kids, something that she wanted to do, but it was also a big, big struggle because my wife is a very intellectual person. My wife is very driven by social issues and a lot of different things that she wants to be out there doing. And so it was, it was tough for her mentally during those years. And so it's hard as a spouse to try to support her in that, in the decision that she made that we ultimately believe was the right decision for our kids. But now to see her go out and just blossom and, and shine the way that that she has shined over the last several years since she's had that ability to do that it, it's, it's tremendous you know and I can't fault her for that in any way shape or form I applaud her and I'm grateful that she's been able to find something that's important to her beyond raising our kids here here <laughs> I was looking for a standing ovation yeah but... I don't know I mean it was really I mean that's cut that clip Post it. You know. <laughs> yeah, somebody email that directly to my wife, would you? Yeah, yeah exactly. I was, yeah, exactly. That's what I was thinking. Yeah. 
And I have to hit one other thing, actually, before we move on. So you mentioned that your dad was the best man at your wedding. Mm -hmm. And you know, if my son, who just got married, is listening, that was a missed opportunity. You could have had your dad as the best man, and you chose one of your buddies. But I'm just saying, AJ, make better decisions going forward. My dad used to say the same thing. He was, no one will believe it ever, especially now if you see us out and about. Um he was the strictest guy in the world. And he would always just say the same thing. One day we'll be best friends and, you know, classic response, you know, F you, you don't know what the hell you're talking about. We'll never be best friends. I mean, I moved out of the house at, you know, 17, 18, went to college, never came home ever that, you know, like I was like, I'm out. Like I'm like, you know, it was just way too overbearing. Da, 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 da. Got the college degree. And one day I get a call. He's like, Hey, you did everything I wanted you to do. Like, let's kick it. You know, F you, you don't, you're talking about click, you know, <laughs> and then literally inseparable. Yeah. You know? And so of course my other brothers were like, how the hell are you making pop the best man? Like what the hell's wrong with you? <laughs> you, know? <laughs> you know, he doesn't know what a bachelor party is, blah, 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 blah. but yeah, nonetheless, I mean, again, it was forever. You know, it was like, oh, this guy doesn't know what he's talking about. You know, I'm an entrepreneur. He worked in corporate America, you know, like all the things. And uh, yeah. And then again, sure enough. You know, half the time I'm in Arizona, he's with me, too. And so, you know. Yeah. 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 Yeah, that's that's really cool. I mean, I I actually lost my dad last August and that has been tough. Um, I, I wish I would have spent more time with him over the last decade. Um, and I just, you know, you get busy, you're building your own company, you're raising your own family. And, and I didn't take the time to spend as much time with him as I wish I would have. But the, the person that I am today is so much based on what he taught me about everything. I mean, the things that you listed here that you wanted to talk about today, being a human what it's like, like to live life, what money, you know, what does money mean? Relationships, entrepreneurship. My dad was, you know, my dad didn't build a huge company, but he worked for himself for a very, very long time. And so, you know, that may not be entrepreneurship in that sense, but he worked for himself and he provided jobs for other people over, over a significant period of time. And so a lot of who I am today has, you know, stems from my dad and it sounds like it does for you as well. I don't hate my life. Yeah. <laughs> all right. So let's talk about a, a topic that not all entrepreneurs like to talk about, and that's money. So you listed money as something that's important to you, or at least that you enjoy talking about from an entrepreneurial standpoint. So what's important to you about money or how do you view money? What, what do you want to talk about there? I mean, that can obviously be a whole, a whole segment obviously onto itself but let's 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 try to unpack it right so you know i would say for the first 35 years of life obviously pending when you're an infant you know but let's just pretend uh first 35 years of life it was very much about you know making money right as much money as possible for no reason really the reason to buy the material things to make you look and think you would feel cool you know, when DevHub was essentially broke for 13 years, um, you know, every dollar we were putting back into the company, hiring against that dollar, trying this marketing thing, trying this salesperson, trying this, trying that, you know, 
And then as soon as we started to do a little bit better, you, you know, upgrade a little bit of things in your life. You get the watch, you get five of them, you get the car, you get three of them, you get, and then you realize like, oh my God, my mind space is being taken up by these other material things that are bringing really beyond the initial satisfaction of opening the watch box or, you know, driving the car around the block. It actually takes up a lot of your mental space in doing what you were intending to do, which is actually build a company. And then, so the focus of money then changes at some point to being about, okay, well, what can you provide? Like you said about your dad and his own company, right? Providing jobs to people, letting them flourish in a way that they can go accomplish more than just, you know, for, I would say the legacy of DevHub is what people do after DevHub. And what I mean by that is like, I wanted to create the place, like my dad worked at a great corporate America, Bechtel company, treated him ridiculously well for 35 years. He got the Rolex, he put us through college, you know, bought real estate, da, 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 da. but his job, his salary was, you know, his life was dictated by his salary, but again, made the right investments along the way. And if DevHub can be a place where people come through, springboard to the next thing, I don't know how else to say this, but I want to be, you know, hopefully the leader for them that I can call at two in the morning after they've not been here for five years, be in their town and I have a place to crash, you know, <laughs> like it was like, Mark, you set us up on the right path, you know, da, 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 and like, that's what's up. And, and again, money lets you do that. I guess the third part, you know, is, and I don't know if this is controversial or whatever. I, I just think money is influence. If you have ideas in this world, if you want to advance a cause, it all just stems around money and it's, a sad reality. And I don't know if people realize that, you know, but it does make the world go around, unfortunately. And I always say, if we discover a shred of alien in the universe, I 100% give up on all capitalism. Because <laughs> I swear to God, there is a bigger thing out there than us competing for money. But on planet Earth, it is about money. And unfortunately, if you have ideas or fortunately if you have ideas or a viewpoint or a perspective you need it is your duty in some respect to make as much money as possible to share that idea with the world and so i don't think there's any other way around it but to do that um and i guess the fourth thing is personal money you know are you a fiduciary yes again the person like in Austin who's a fiduciary is really what you're looking for in managing your own personal monies. <laughs> because again, otherwise you're just buying products from financial services <laughs> companies. I'm just saying, like, I just say that's on the personal front because again, like how you save is obviously as more important than what you spend. And if you're just plunking money with the guy or the girl at, I'm not going to name specific firms, and then you look back on it in 10 years and you're like, how come I haven't earned nothing? And the market has gone crazy up and down and then up again. And then today it's up again. And you're like, how come I did nothing? It's because you didn't really have a fiduciary. In case someone who cared about your own vested interests. So that was a hard lesson to learn. I'm telling you that at 40, I wish I would have known that at least at 30. And I wish someone would have been more strict at me at 22. Um, and yeah, those are like the four little antidotes about money that I, I think are important to share with the world. Yeah, no, I, I appreciate that. I think, I, I think that everybody kind of falls into that trap. I, 
I, I grew up pretty poor. I mean, my dad never made a whole lot of money with his business. He supported us. He took care of us, but there was never, you know, a whole lot of money. And so I grew up going to school with kids that had money. And so I think that kind of shaded the way that I grew up thinking, okay, someday I'm going to have the really nice car and I'm going to have the really nice house and I'm going to have the second home and I'm going to do this, you know? And so I had dreams of Ferraris and Porsches and, you know, all those sorts of things. And I'm a car guy. I love cars. Anybody who knows me knows that I love cars, but there came a point specifically with what I do for a living now to where I look at it and I go, ah, can I really justify spending that money on that? And then I end up making you know a different decision where I'll buy a really cool car, but at a much lower scale, for example, than, than going out and buying a new Lamborghini or Ferrari or whatever. So I appreciate that. But the other thing that I that I really wanted to hone in on, and which is a sad reality of this world, is is the fact that money is what makes the world go round, right? And 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 that's what generates influence. All you have to do is look at presidential elections or senatorial elections in our country to realize that that's really what is is allowing anybody to have any sort of influence. And so that's the negative side. But you kind of put a positive spin on it in that there are certain things that may be important to you that you kind of want to push forward. And I don't know if you want to talk about it here or not. If you do, that would be great. If not, I understand. But, you know, is there a particular cause that you are passionate about that you're trying to push forward that you guys dig in with for DevHub or on I, your own? Personally? Yeah, I, I don't know if it's so I don't know if it's a cause, but I always say like the first 10 pages of business are written. And you are, after that, you're on your own, right? What worked for Microsoft, it's a different time, different people. Like, it's just like, you can't like copy anyone else's playbook. And so you need to be the author of your own story. And so how would you, so for us, money and what I was kind of, what I was referencing in terms of cause, at least how I think of things today is, you know, how can we put as much money in our people's pocket? as possible because they're the ones that are going to have the ideas right you know like again i think we've in, at least in tech you have the paypal mafia you have um there's another syndicate of people but again like these these centers of business whether it was paypal or probably microsoft any big company gets to a certain place the people and talent that come through those doors and what they go create next you know, is like wildly valuable to you, but also to potentially the world, right? The Teslas of the world and whatnot, regardless yeah. of the viewpoints of him. I don't know how America can hate on somebody that does so much, but um, yeah. nonetheless, so it's like, you know, for me, like the, right now, the cause, like how did we build a company that our people make as much money as possible? Not that my co-founder and I reap all the benefit, like this is not a lifestyle company, you know? Yeah. How do we put more money in the pockets of the people who work here for obviously alongside the growth that the company experiences, you know, so that's foundationally if we get lucky enough, you know, and I think in a lifetime, you know, if you're able to accomplish three big things, you know, I think it's like huge. One is already big. So we can build this up enough. That's great. If I can get to the second thing, um, you know, I mean, we'd love to build the cities and towns of the future, right? You know, um, and yeah, 
I'll leave it super vague. <laughs> no, 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 but again, no, like no. The, you know, like those things cost money, and it's like, you know, I was student body president of our university, and you know, politically, and I, I'm sure it's true today. You know, to get a computer when you're in office, if you're doing through through the appropriate channels, procurement, and everything, it might take you three months to get a computer. And I know that sounds unbelievable, but a lot can happen in three months while you sit there with no computer. You know, yeah. and so I want to be able to buy the damn computers. I can move forward faster with a team. Political systems can wait to catch up, but if we can do it with a bet here or you know, um, a donation there or whatever, you know, I I hundred percent would play that game, but yeah. I do not want to come into it broke. Yeah. So essentially, eliminating some of the red tape that exists in in government and running yeah. a more efficient. Again, if you, if, you, if you have those coherent ideas, I don't right now. All my ideas have to do with business, you know, even building town. I mean, all that stuff is like, it's still business, you know. The political thing, I always say like the best way, well, isn't there a saying like all politics is local, you know, is like go move into a town, go to the same coffee shop for five years and then run for mayor call it good yeah. <laughs> yeah yeah it's funny you say that on my flight this morning back from utah i was sat next to the former mayor of the town of gilbert oh really yeah so we we talked to him for a good portion of the flight my wife and i did and we we know him through some other channels as well and so we we had met before but it just just so happened that we sat next to each other on the plane which is kind of cool but uh, that's something that I've thought about too, because I think local politics can really have a huge effect on things. And it's it's something that has in the, the back building, of my mind. Look, there's buildings, there's empty lots right now in Seattle that are being held up from being built um, because of politics. So as much money as people have, like, again, there is that element where there is you know, a committee out there that's stalling the, again, some of those stallings are worth it, you know, especially for me when they're trying to build a building behind where I live, but, you know, the other <laughs> ones that are viable, it's like, yeah, they're, they're held up in committee. Yeah. And it's like, it's great. No matter how much money you have, you're not moving anything forward, you know, yeah. in that case. And so, yeah. 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 So I want to open up the other part that you mentioned, and that was making sure that you're taking care of your employees, right? You want them to make as much money as possible. It's not just about you two and, and building DevHub, but it's about the employees, giving them opportunities to, to learn things along the way. And like you said, you want their, their best things to come after DevHub, which not all business owners view it that way. But what are you guys, what are your beliefs, I guess, besides just a paycheck, right? Like a high paycheck is important, but what other things are you guys doing at DevHub that you believe lead to better outcomes for DevHub because you're treating employees a certain way? Um, I'll just say it like it is. A lot of time off. Okay. Obviously, listening to what the hell is going on. Hey, we're stressed over in this department, da, 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 da. Like, okay, let's make a hire. Uh, we have something called like the Dabble Fund, which is DevHub something, 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 something. Each acronym stands for something. I made it up and I, I'm, not, I'm drawing a blank right now. But basically the idea is like, you know, there's this fund of money 
that you can apply toward to do things that have nothing to do with DevHub. That's continuing education, if that's like a course, if that's a pottery class, if that's a gym membership, whatever, like go for it. Like just do things to help you. Like you as an employee also, I always say like to everyone here, ask for a raise every six months. I don't care. Ask every nine months. I don't care. You know, ask every week if you really want to, you know, like, like, again, like you always have to, it's not hundred percent on us. It's again, empowering them, eliminating the fear, whatever you want to call it of them to take care of them. Like you have to take care of yourself. Like obviously our intent is good. I'll put it out to the world. Our intent is good. It's still a business. And so again, I always evaluate our company based for me personally on a, right around my birthday every year. So right here in June, as it's coming up, it's like, okay, are we growing? You know, am I still happy every day to wake up? Like you have to do that for yourself. Like, is this a company that you still want to be at? Like, and you know, you being miserable here, it's like, that's on you a little bit. Like, again, like I will try our, our hardest to do really well by you, but you know, again, it's a little bit on the employee too, to, make sure that they are getting what they need out of this thing, or at least pushing us to in the direction of what we're promising, you know? And again, it is, it, and I do 1 billion percent appreciate that like feedback loop from them. Um, obviously we just started the 401k thing. That's personal for them, um, for everybody. Uh, Dabble fund, you know, we have challenges, which are, you know, sometimes health related, sometimes basically like things that take people outside of their comfort zone. Uh, but again, yeah. we give away cash for those. So again, like I think gift cards and stuff are a little cheesy for some people, not for everybody. Again, I'm saying you can do it your way. Anyone can do anything they want, but we give away cash prizes. It's just easier. And I think people appreciate it more than putting $20 on the Starbucks gift card. Uh, love Starbucks. Um, and uh <laughs> You're in Seattle. You can't say yeah. anything else, right? I go to Starbucks every day. I hate to say it. You know, everyone's like, oh, you don't go to all the coffee shops in Seattle. I'm like, yeah, but it's just right there on the corner. And I think that's the point and why they win. But uh, yeah, again, I think like an open, truly transparent environment, you know, also pushing people into leadership positions, whether they think they're ready or not. Um, but yeah, just being pro our people. Because at the end of the day, like, obviously, I know I'm not doing anything. You know, like, it's them. And all I need, my favorite word is yes. I know everyone knows, like, oh, my favorite word is no. It's like, I don't know what world that's in. You know, I, I, again, I haven't gotten there yet, if that is a world. But for our employees to want to take a risk on something or put an idea out there, like, I think my job is to say yes, you know, and so... And sometimes it's painful because, you know, it's probably wrong, but it's better to watch them learn from that mistake. You know, even though you've been there before and it might have saved time, I, I still don't. Again, we're talking about very low risk things here, but um, yeah. No, I think I think those are great, you know, because the reality is in my day to day job, I spend time working on the financial side of those types of decisions for businesses and business owners. Right. And, and it's not that they're not important, but some of the things that you mentioned specifically today is, is what gets employees excited and gets them to give you their best, right? The, either it's the unlimited PTO or a lot of PTO is, you know, a lot of business owners just kind of 
freeze and, and think, well, they'll just take all the time off. Like they'll, they'll never get anything done, but that's not the reality. There's study after study after study that shows that they're more engaged when they're there and you're getting more out of them when they are there. And, and I actually read an article this morning. It was an email actually that came out from a company called Total Family Management. And they, they compared it to the off season, right? So we're coming to the end of the NBA season. You've got, you know, and there's a, there was a picture of LeBron James and the rest of the Lakers on, on an airplane and they're all sleeping at the end of the off season and the importance of the off season for professional athletes, right? And you go back to college and it's semesters, breaks, semesters, breaks, right? Same thing with high school, your whole life. It's about work hard to a certain point and then there's a break. And if you're not allowing your employees to do that, you're not going to get as much out of them as you could. And he was actually suggesting, you know, think about it from your company's standpoint. Is there a time of, of year where you guys are pretty slow anyway? Well, why not just shut the doors completely, right? For the last two weeks of the year, for example. We do three, or, I mean, we do about almost three weeks of the end of December. We just took everyone on retreat to Cabo. Um, and again, but I'm always shocked by our peers who are like, what are you doing? You know, yeah. and it's like, I have no, I don't know how else to be, you know, yeah. but yeah. No, I, I think it's great. I think I'm sure you get more out of your employees because of it, because they feel appreciated. And it's not, it's not just about the paycheck. The paycheck's important, but that's what you would call table stakes, right? After that, it's got to be something else that gets them engaged and wanting to do their best work for DevHub. Yeah, well said. Yeah. All right, we're coming to the end of the time here. Um, let me just kind of close by asking you this question. What does the future hold for DevHub? What's the ultimate goal that you that you guys have for DevHub? I think we can build a billion dollar company with under 200 employees. And I think I've been saying that for way too long except now you have the narrative of AI in there, right? Yeah. Right, now everyone's like, you know, I mean, I was reading some predictions that there'll be companies that go public with only one employee, right? <laughs> Founder, you know, all of it. And it's like, oh my God, like now it makes sense, but it always made sense to me. I never, you know, understood that whole narrative of, Raising and hiring a ton of people. I mean, I think a lot of these tech companies, the ones that are all super well known, will shed a significant amount of people, but just be these cash flow centers of just printing money. I would buy their stocks, you know, because they're only going to make more money, um, but with fewer and fewer people. Yeah. You know, and so for DevHub, I mean, there's, you know, <laughs> beyond the financial set or whatever, you know, I, I think there's, how do I say this? Um, I don't think that there's probably any town in America, Canada, Latin America, Europe, Australia, Asia, um, and every other continent that I probably left out um, that uh, you would not be touched by DevHub whether that's a Google search, whether that's a voice search, whether that's an AR headset, whether that's your in-car nav, some part of the experience will have DevHub enabled. Um, and again, we're just getting started. And so how do we bring that to life? You know, 
Follow us at devhub.com and then also you can follow Mark Michael at Glider Z. <laughs> <laughs> well, that, that was actually the next thing I was going to ask, right? So devhub.com, obviously check them out. They've got a great story. What you guys have built is, is impressive and continuing to build. And, and I look forward, you know, personally to, to continue to follow your story. And I'm sure those who are listening look forward to, to listening as well. So we'll, yeah. we'll kind of end it with that. But I, I also just want to kind of put a plug in there. If, if you've enjoyed hearing what you've heard today and you don't follow us and you don't subscribe to our podcast and you don't, you know, you haven't liked or left us a review, please do so. And we hope that you'll listen to uh, the other episodes that we have coming out. So we've done over 150 of these. We've gotten great uh, reviews and, and, and a good following, but we've recently changed the production of that. And when we changed our RSS feed, we lost a lot of the reviews that we had. So we'd love to pick up some additional subscribers and reviews and, and continue to do what we do here. So Mark, really appreciate you being here today. Love the story. Love what you guys are doing at DevHub. Yep, thank you. And audience, you know, feel free to reach out and ask questions. I'm on LinkedIn pretty actively. So you can catch me late night or in the early morning. I'll answer any questions I get. Awesome. Thanks, Mark. Thank you. You've been listening to Tycoons of Small Biz, a podcast for small business owners by small business owners. Join us next week for an introduction to another great tycoon and be sure to follow us on our social media channels for links to all of our episodes and great content.